0: At, at, we're, we're talking about rebuilding the wall of prayer for this whole first quarter, January, February, March, and I'm really emphasizing it during the month of March. We're going to finish that up, and then we'll move to the next wall that we're going to rebuild this year, uh, beginning in uh, April. But this morning, I want to talk to you about when to pray. Last Sunday, I talked to you about why to pray. What's the reason? But why should we pray? And, um, and we talked about, first of all, prayer is communion with God. And that's so important that we commune with God. But also, prayer, if we follow the example of Jesus, is giving God permission in the area of our dominion. That's when Jesus struggled the most in prayer. In fact, the, the most heart-wrenching prayer in the Bible is when Jesus agonized in the Garden of Gethsemane until his sweat became like great drops of blood as he agonized with the Father and finally he surrendered he said Lord my flesh do- my spirits will it but he said my flesh, the flesh is weak and he said uh, if, if there's any other way that mankind can be saved without me going to the cross uh, Lord would, would you work that out but then he finally wrestled until he came to the point that he said Lord not my will but your will be done I want to tell you, when you and I can pray to the point that we surrender the area of our dominion, I mean the area where it's our choice, it's up to us, when we can surrender that to God and pray not our will but His be done, I can promise you the end results will be wonderful. And Jesus today is at the right hand of the Father, so glad that He didn't back down on going to the cross because now he has brothers and sisters sons and daughters born into the kingdom of god that would not be in the kingdom of god today had it not been for his sacrifice in fact the writer of hebrews said who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame that was a joy yeah, you are a joy to the heart of god i don't know if you know that or not but you are a joy to the heart of god Make sure your neighbor gets that, and I'll get started. Turn to your neighbor and tell them. Say, you're a joy to the heart of God. Well, we know why to pray. Let's, let's look at when to pray. And my text is found in Mark chapter 1, verses 35 to 39, and it reads like this. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, felt like this morning, didn't it? He went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said, Everyone's looking for you. But he said to them, Let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. The disciples found the secret of the power behind the ministry of the Lord Jesus. That's why They said to him, Lord, they didn't say to him, Lord, teach us to preach. They didn't say to him, Lord, teach us to cast out devils. They did not say to him, Lord, teach us to heal the sick. They did not say to him, Lord, teach us to raise the dead. They did not say to him, Lord, teach us how to turn water into wine or to walk on the water. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. That's the secret behind the powerful ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. His fellowship with the Father. In fact, Jesus said, Everything I do, I, I follow the direction of my Heavenly Father. And so we want to we want to look at the time when we should pray. Now, Christ is our example in all things, and I have a little philosophy that when in doubt. Uh, WWJD, and you know what that is? It used to be little bracelets that a lot of people wore. It said WWJD. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? So I want to look to the Scripture, and I'm, I'm not going to read all these. I'm just going to give you the location. But let me tell you, if you go through the four Gospels, you will discover in Matthew 14:23, 26, and 36, and Mark 14:32, you'll find Jesus praying in the evening so he prayed in the evening in mark 646 you'll find him praying in the afternoon in luke 928 you'll find him praying all night there were several accounts in the scripture where jesus prayed all night he communed with his heavenly father all night in luke 928 mark 135 to 39 and that was part was my text from mark you find him praying in the morning now, it, it's pretty obvious to me from the life of Jesus that any time is a good time to pray. It's good to pray in the morning. It's good to pray at noon. It's good to pray in the afternoon. It's good to pray at night. It's good to pray in the middle of the night. It's good to pray anytime. time. In fact, there is a scripture in the Word of God that says pray without ceasing. In other words, that means that as Christians, we should be able to commune with the Father all the time, anytime. I find a good time to pray is when you're driving. We spend a lot of time in the car. You probably spend more time in your car than you realize. And I can promise you this. If you will pray while you're in the car, it will cut down on road rage. It really will. It's hard to it's hard to do bad things and scream bad words at, at people if you're praying. What are you going to do? Say, excuse me, Father, just a moment. i got to tell this guy something. Yeah. No, no, no. So... I would encourage you to pray while you're driving, that would really help, amen. My wife prays when she's riding, <laughs> and it's because of my driving, <laughs> but that's a good time to pray, any time's a good time to pray. But there's one thing that I notice when I study the life and the ministry of Jesus, and that is that he had a habit of praying early in the morning. I think I think that was a characteristic that was developed in his life that was stationary I I think it I, I think if you were to look for Jesus in the morning the disciples finally discovered that and finally learned where to find him every morning he'd be somewhere praying he started his day in communion with the Father now if he's our example and he prayed early in the morning, then I I want to find out why should we pray early in the morning. So I want to take you way back in the Old Testament to the book of Genesis. There's an interesting event that took place in the life of a guy named Jacob. You'll recognize this event when I read it to you from Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 to 28. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Now, like I said, most of you know this story. Jacob uh, had been quite a rascal in his younger years. In fact, uh, <laughs> early on uh, uh, in life, he had um, had, had um, swindled his brother out of the birthright. His brother was the oldest. They were twins, but his brother was born first, so he had the right of the firstborn. And, and um, Esau, was his brother's name, came in from hunting one day, and he was so famished he was near death when he got home. And Jacob just happened to have some um, some stew going and uh, offered him uh, something to eat and And Esau said I'm dying he said please give me something to eat and he said I will but it's, you, you're gonna have to pay for it with your birthright will you give me your birthright and Esau said if I'm dead my birthright's not worth anything to me so he he gave his birthright for just a little mess of pottage and he ate that and revived and of course then he was angry because he had lost his birthright. Later on, Jacob cheated him out of the blessing of the older son, and, and that's another long story that most of you that study the Bible are familiar with. But but uh, this time, and and the, if the, if anything, the blessing was just as important, maybe even more so, to the older son even than the birthright. And so when when he wound up getting cheated out of that, his words were. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do anything right now to upset my family because my dad's old and and his eyes are dim and he's not gonna be around a whole lot longer, and I don't want to upset him anymore. But when my dad passes away, I'm gonna kill my brother, and that's the last thing Jacob remembers from Esau. And you know the story. His mother helped him get away, and he escaped to the land of Bashan, and um, went to work for Laban. Worked uh, seven years to get uh, the girl that he fell in love with, and then his uncle Laban pulled a wool over his eyes. By the, by the way, you'll always find somebody slicker than you. You know, there's there's somebody out there. You you may pull, you may be the sharpest one on the uh, on the road right now, but somebody out there can get you too. And and he got old Jacob boy. We made him work seven years for his wife, and then he slipped in her sister. And so he wound up married to her sister, and he had to work seven more years to get his wife. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many of you men this morning love your wife enough that you would have worked 14 years to get her? Now, I've been working for my wife for 48 years. <laughs> but that was after marriage. That we all understand that. Jacob worked that many years to get her for his wife, and so, uh, anyway, it's a, it's a marvelous story, and the saga goes on and on and on, but a, a long, long, long story short, after many, many years of, of uh, working for Laban and his family has increased now, he's got a big family, in fact, they wound up having 12 boys, how many of you like to live in a house like that, 12 sons plus a daughter, and so a big, big, big family, and he finally decides he needs to go back home, and he starts back home, and he gets he gets to Bethel, and he hears that Esau is on his way with a basically an army of men to meet him. And so Jacob is, is scared out of his wits because he knows that there's no way that he and his servants and all his kids and, and um, all his cattle and the sheep and, and so forth it could possibly match Esau and, uh, and those trained warriors that he had with him and so he really cries out to God he goes in agony before God he prays to God and God shows up In fact, a man wrestled with him, just showed up and started wrestling with him. And that's the scripture that I read to you here. The question may be on your mind, who is that man that wrestled with Jacob? Well, let me take you to Hosea chapter 12 and verse 4 because the scripture identifies him. Yet, yes, he struggled with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought favor from him. He found him in Bethel. And there he spoke to us. This is talking about Jacob. He wrestled with an angel. Now, many people, including myself, believe that that is the angel, as he's referred to in the Old Testament. This is a theophany. This is uh, an Old Testament, perhaps, um, appearance of of Jesus. But anyway, he's referred to as an angel. Probably the angel, the, the, the same one that Joshua met, who was captain of the Lord's host. This is an angel of the Lord. But uh, you, as we read that, and, and Jacob wrestled with that angel apparently all night long, and then the angel said, you've got to let me go. Yeah, I know you're holding on for dear life, but you've got to let me go. And Jacob wouldn't do it. And so the angel being much stronger than Jacob, of course, he just, he just uh, gave him a karate chop on the hip and knocked his hip out of joint. And if you've ever had a a joint, a bones out of joint, you know how painful that can be. But Jacob is still hanging on. He's refusing to let go. And the angel said, you've got to let me go. Now, the question here is, why did the angel have to leave? And he answered it. I read it to you a while ago. It's the, second, the first part of verse 26. We're going to put it on the screen. Right, right here is why he had to leave. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. It's, it's daybreak. The sun's coming up. I've got to go. It's very interesting when you look at this word daybreak, and I've studied it in so many Hebrew dictionaries that I've lost count of them, but it's an interesting phenomena here. There are two main meanings from this word, and I think both of them have an application here. The first meaning uh... of the word daybreak here is dawn or the early morning or the breaking of day comes from root word however that means to plow or to break up also to inspect to search and uh... and to seek out so let's go back to this then the angel had to leave because it was daybreak or inspection time Now that may throw you for a loop a little bit so let me let me give you something that you will recall that can connect here. You remember in Job chapter 1, the Bible said that the sons of God is referring to the angels of God. They came up before the Lord and Satan appeared with them. You remember that? Remember that story? You read the book of Job? Um, and that's when Satan was um, asking for permission to, to harm Job because Job was such a righteous, holy man Uh, The enemy really wanted him to curse God. And, of course, the whole story of Job shows you that he didn't. He came out uh, marvelous victory at the end. But what was happening here is that in the morning at daybreak, the angels were coming before God for inspection. It's inspection time you see the angels are not just out here floating around all over space just doing as they please angels do what they do at the command of God period that's what they do and they're held accountable God holds all of his creatures accountable and he holds the angels accountable so there's an inspection time for the angels there's a time for them to give an account of what they've done that God told them to do. There, there's a lot of false teaching out there about angels. There's some of the stuff that just gets so weird and off the wall. And I don't want to burst your bubble, and I'm certainly not trying to make you feel bad if you've taken comfort in this. But, but I want to tell you, it's, it's just a false concept. There's a lot of people that believe that their dead relative is now their guardian angel. Well, that's not true. You have a guardian angel, but it's not your dead relative. We don't become angels in the next life. Uh, and and when uh, before I get done with the sermon this morning, you'll be glad that we don't, because we're actually of a higher order in the Lord. We're sons and daughters of God. Angels are actually sent to minister to us. But um, and 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 then there's also this mushy, sentimental, uh, gooey stuff about angels. You remember remember that um, TV program several years ago, "Touched by an Angel." Remember that? That is a wonderful, I'm not trying to put it down, it it was nice, it it always had a good ending, but they had these angels that were so, uh, they just, you know, felt sorry for these people and they'd come, angels don't do what they do for you because they feel sorry for you. In fact, I'm, I, I don't want to—I uh, <laughs> I don't burst your bubble, but an angel cut your head off if if God tells them to. I mean, they—they they don't have any feeling for you. They don't have a dab of feeling for you. They do what they do at the command of God. They're not floating around here looking for people that they feel sorry for or they're touched by. No, 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 that's not it. If you don't believe it, ask Balaam. When you—you you remember Balaam? in the Old Testament Balaam was riding a donkey and he got out of the will of God he's going to curse the people of God God sent an angel down there to stop him Balaam didn't see him but his donkey did Balaam had a donkey that's smarter than him I've met some Balaams in my time and you have too yeah he wasn't as smart as a donkey that donkey stopped he balked on him and, and Balaam started beating the donkey he said go on go on And the donkey refused to go, and he beat him about three different times. And finally, God let him see the angel. The angel said, "What are you? What are you doing beating on that animal? That animal, that animal's halting because he sees that there's an angel standing there with a drawn sword. If if Balaam had kept going, he'd he'd cut him to pieces. Angels do what God tells them to do. That's that's how they operate." And so that they, those those angels were there, and the angels come up before God for inspection time. But but wait a minute, there is a second Hebrew meaning to this word, and and that is that the angel had to leave because it was also plowing time. Morning is inspection time; it's also a time to plow or to break open or to break up the fallow ground as it were now these are spiritual metaphors that are telling us what the angels are doing what we see here is the changing of the guard and we see angels going up and angels coming down for orders for a new day in fact let let me take you let me take you to Genesis chapter 28 another incident in the life of of of, uh, Jacob Genesis 28 you're gonna to have to back up there I jumped ahead of myself verses 10 to 12 here it is now Jacob went out to Bersheba and he went towards Haran so he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set and he took one of the stones of that place and put it under his or at his head and he lay down in that place to sleep then he dreamed listen to this dream and behold a ladder was set up on the earth and his top reached to heaven and there the angels of God were ascending and descending upon it. Now I want you to get the picture. Now now, please understand what's going on here. This is a dream. This is not in a in a physical sense how angels operate. Angels don't have to have a ladder to get where they're going. You understand that? But what God does here in this dream, He gives Jacob a dream that will help him with things that he understands To get a a little bit of understanding about the spirit world around him That's the whole purpose of this And, And so we need to get the implication of what's going on here The ladder is set upon the earth Now if I'm going to climb up to the roof of my house You know where I'm going to set the ladder? I'm going to set it against the roof This says the ladder was set on the earth So that indicates to me that the ladder is from up there and it's being set let, let, let's say I'm going to set a ladder here so I can get up and down the front of this little platform here I, w- I would set the ladder down there and, and, and so that's what Jacob saw he saw a ladder from heaven that was being set upon the earth and then as soon as it was set some angels start ascending and some other angels start descending and here's the picture of what's going on At the breaking of day, the angels have to come for inspection and new orders for their day. And so you got the angels that's been watching over Jacob for the last 24 hours. They're on their way up, or eight hours, or whatever their shifts are. I don't know how God's got all this worked out, but God's a God of order. There is some order to the way they operate. you got angels going up. you got new angels coming down. Now, here's the way I see it in my mind. Now, this is not Scripture. This is just rich here, <laughs> okay? I, I, in my mind, I see, I see these angels coming up. They've been watching Jacob for the last little while. And uh, they're high-fiving these angels coming down. These angels coming down and said, how did Jacob do last night? He said, well, we, we, had, we, had, uh, we had an interesting night. And what, what kind of orders you got for him today? He said, well, God told us to go down there and take care of him. He's going to run into Esau today, and, and we're going to protect him and see that he doesn't get hurt. You got angels going up and angels coming down and, and they' they're, the, the angels coming down have their new orders they are they're going to break open new territory they're going they're going to plow through whatever needs to be uh, taken care of they're going to deal with whatever needs to be dealt with and so the angels are there because now it's plowing time oh folks it, this happens early in the morning no wonder no wonder in scripture you find Joshua rising early in the morning to cross the the Jordan River in Joshua 3:1. No wonder Joshua rose early in the morning to prepare for the priest in Joshua chapter 6 verse 12. No wonder all of Israel rose early in the morning to march around the city walls of Jericho because God's about to bring them down. No wonder Gideon rose early in the morning to check the fleece that he'd put out before God. No wonder Gideon rose early in the morning to destroy the altars of and declared Jehovah God over that area. No wonder Hannah rose early in the morning to talk to God about giving her a child and God gave her a son by the name of Samuel. And I could go on and on and on through the scriptures this morning. There's person after person after person that rose early in the morning for significant things to happen in their life or their ministry or their family or their home or their nation or their personal lives that's important that we rise early in the morning. That's when the angels are reporting to God, getting new orders and new ones coming down to minister to the people of God. Somebody give God some praise, if you will. Hezekiah saw the results of rising early to seek the Lord when he rose up early and saw that God had sent one angel And that one angel slew a hundred and eighty-five thousand of Sennacherib's men who had set themselves against King Hezekiah. Uh, Listen, folks, (laughs) this ought to make you get out of bed in the morning. If you had a hundred and eighty-five thousand enemies that was trying to kill you, wouldn't you want to get up early and talk to the Lord about that situation? Yeah. Yeah. That's what Hezekiah did, and God sent one angel, and one angel took care of 185,000 of Hezekiah's enemies, just like that. Wow. I don't—I doubt anybody in here has got 185,000 enemies. I don't care. You, you ain't got that many relatives. I'm, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> you, you. You ain't got that many co-workers that don't like you. No, 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 no. I'm here to tell you this morning that God can take care of your enemies. Anybody glad about that? God can take care of your enemies. Yes, He can. Yes, He can. Problem with so many people, they'd rather fight than switch. I don't know why. Why don't you just submit and surrender these things to God? Let God take care of your enemies. Good night. It's just the power of the devil that's in them anyway. Quit fighting with flesh and blood. Paul said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power and spiritual wickedness and high places and all that kind of stuff. Told totally you, take the whole armor of God, stand still, watch God do the work. Amen. If you just be ready, we can let the Lord take care of these things. I'd a whole lot rather pray than I had to fight. Let me go on. <laughs> look in Second Chronicles twenty twenty. I like this. Here, here's some twenty twenty vision right here. So they rose early in the morning and went out in the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, "Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe His prophets, and you shall prosper." Here's what happened here. Early in the morning, old Jehoshaphat got up. Now, he is surrounded by three Confederate armies. He's surrounded by Moab, Ammon, and all of those from Mount Seir. They have surrounded him. He's blocked up. He can't, he can't, there's no way out, no way out. But he sought the Lord early, and God gave him a plan. God said, I'll tell you what you'll do. If you'll worship me, I'll take care of the enemies. And so Joshua called the choir together. And he got all the musical instruments and he got all the singers and he put them right out in front of the army and they started marching right into the teeth of the enemy and as they sang and worshiped God glory to God, God sent his holy angels and they got the, these three armies so confused till they got to fighting each other and self-destructed. And when they got finished with that thing, the Bible said it took them three days to take up the spoils from that battle for the, the things that they had won. Oh my goodness. Folks, isn't that better than fighting? Just get up early and get your petition before the Lord so that the angels can get an assignment to help you out and let God take care of your situation. Somebody say amen. Amen. Early in the morning, early in the morning. Go ahead and give him praise. I'm talking about God who's able. Talking about God who's able. (laughs) <laughs> I'll just read it to you. Here's what happened. Second Chronicles twenty twenty-two. Now when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, praise the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. God can defeat your enemies. Now, I know I've been talking a lot of stuff in the Old Testament. Let me let me move over to the New Testament because I love the covenant in the New Testament that we have. So let's look at the New Testament information about angelic help. Here's what Jesus said about harvest time. And we're, in, we're, we're at the time of the end time harvest, I really believe. I believe what we do for God, we need to get with it because I believe Jesus is coming soon. But I believe God's going to have a great harvest come in in these last days. And, and this harvest, uh, when I'm talking about harvest, folks, I'm making it personal. I'm talking about your kids. I'm talking about your brothers and sisters, your moms and daddies, your, your sons and daughters, your aunts and uncles, your, your nieces and nephews, your cousins. I'm talking about our family here. It's time to get them in. The, how many of you believe it's time to get them saved? Amen. Amen. Time to get them in. Okay, here's what Jesus said about the harvest. He gave a parable. I'm not going to take time to go into the parable. You can read it for yourself in Matthew 13 if you'd like to after you get home. But in verse 39, the second part of that, the disciples came. They didn't understand the parable, so Jesus explained it to them so they'd understand it. Here's what he said. The harvest is the end of the age. I believe we live in the last days. The end of the age. So that's right where we are now. Look at this. The reapers—we're talking about the harvest. The reapers are the angels. So God said that there are angels available to help us reap the harvest at the end of the world. Now, look what Jesus said in Matthew nine thirty-seven. He said to his disciples, "The harvest truly is plenteous, plentiful, and the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest." Now. For many years, I thought that only meant other people. i just just supposed to pray, God, please send us some more people to help us. God, please send us some more people to help us. But that's not all it includes. Jesus said the reapers of the harvest are the angels. So we have a right to ask God, Lord, we need some heavenly help. I've been in some situations where I need some heavenly help. It wasn't earthly help wouldn't get the job done. Amen. All the friends I knew... All the bankers I knew, all the, yeah, in, in fact, when we were trying to buy this property here, we had to have heavenly help. We had to have heavenly help. We, we couldn't do it with, 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 with what we knew normally. It, it, everything was backwards. The bank that we'd always done business with, we were on a personal basis with, never turned us down for anything, had been bought out by a big bank. And every big bank we went to wouldn't help us. We needed some heavenly help. And so we sought the Lord until God gave us some spiritual direction that turned the whole thing around. Everything you see on this hill is a miracle from God. God gave it to us. And I'll I'll deal with that later on when I'm talking about worship. But I want to show you what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1 about angels. Here it is. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Now, drop down to verse 14. He's still talking about angels here. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? How many of you have salvation this morning? Did you know that God has a whole order of angels that, that can minister to you and help you if, if you need them? He does. All through the New Testament, you see that. Remember in chapter 10 of Acts where Cornelius, you remember that story? Cornelius was a man of prayer. He loved God, but he'd not heard about Jesus, the death and the burial and resurrection of Jesus. I mean, he probably heard about a man called Jesus and heard about miracles. stuff, But he hadn't heard the message of redemption. But he was praying. He loved God. He was a generous man. He blessed people. He was a giver and a tither. And he was praying one day in his house. He said, God, I, 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 what I, I do from here? Where do I go from here? What I, what I need? I just want to love you, Lord, and serve you. And, and an angel showed up. God sent an angel. Now, this is proof positive that God does not send angels to preach the gospel. We are responsible for preaching the gospel. But he did send an angel to help out. The angel stood before Cornelius, and he said, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard. Your alms have been observed in heaven. God sent me to give you some instructions where you can get some help. said, if you'll send over to the city of Joshua, uh, Joppa, send a couple of your guys over to Joppa. Uh, look for the tanner that lives in Joppa. His name's Simon. Go to his house. He's got a house guest who's also named Simon, but his middle, name, his uh, second name is Peter. Simon Peter. You ask him to come down here, and he'll tell you what to do. And you know the rest of the story. They went and got Simon Peter, and God, God worked on him on the other end, confirmed everything. Simon Peter comes down, preaches to the household of uh, Cornelius, and uh, to all of his family and, and uh, his servants, and everybody's there, and all of his neighbors and friends that he gathered in. And, and they received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Uh, the the Holy Ghost fell on them, and they all received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Began to speak in tongues. They just had a marvelous outpouring. They had a revival at Cornelius's house because an angel helped in getting the job done for them. Wow! <laughs> Makes me want to get up early in the morning when when we get when we get help from God. Remember. Um, these angels are plowing for us. They, angels can set things up for you. Angels can, God can send angels to set things up for your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter, uh, your brother, your sister, your mama, your daddy, whoever it is needs God. God can work things out and set things. How many of you have experienced things in your life when you look back at it, you realize that God was working and you didn't even know it. Yeah. Let me ask you this. How many of you believe that there's been some times that, that things would have happened if it hadn't been for your guardian angel, you wouldn't be here today? Have you, have you seen that? Yeah. I, w- I was evangelizing in Indiana. I was real tired one night. I was trying to get back to Richmond from where I was running revival and uh, I was on a two-lane road late at night and I fell asleep and my my foot was I was already driving fast but it must have went to the floorboard cause I was on the other side of the road meeting a car well his his headlights were so close to me it caught me right straight in the eyes and woke me up and I was going between nine and a hundred miles an hour head-on towards a car that was almost at me I have no idea to this day except that God must have done it how my car got out of the way of that car and we didn't collide that was was, I believe the angel of God that that was protecting me And, and I don't I don't doubt for a moment that when we get to heaven and God lets us see into all the things that he did for us on this earth that there's probably a lot of things that we're just going to fall down and worship again and say, oh, Lord, I, did, I didn't even realize how close to death I was right there. And thank you, Lord, that you sent an angel, amen, to protect me. I'm here to tell you God can protect you. He can protect you. Out the door this morning, he can connect you. On he can protect you on the other side of the earth. I I don't care whether your son's uh, in Atlanta or in Afghanistan. We serve a God that is able. Amen. We serve a God that is able. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to skip over those that next scripture two here, and I want to. I just want to briefly say another reason that you get up early to praise to get direction from the Lord. Moses went to the mountain early in the morning to get direction from the Lord. If you want direction from the Lord, get up and seek the Lord early, and he'll give you direction for your life for that day. Um, Here's one you'll love, and I I, I don't want to pass this one by. This is where we get new mercies. Look at Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. It is the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. Wow! Do you know? <laughs> do you know? I, I, I woke up this morning, and I, and I, I woke up about about um, 3, 3, 3, 3, uh, thirty. the new time, the new time. That means what? Uh, whatever the old time would have been. But I woke up at 3.30 this morning Realizing that, that, that in a little bit I'm going to have to get up cause I get up at 4 And I need to get down here And get everything opened up And get the lights on And the air and the conditioners running Or the heat or whatever it is you need And the gates open all that stuff And so But the first thing Of course the sermon was on my heart And on my mind But the first thing I was, I was thinking about this morning Praise the Lord I, I hate this time change Where you lose an hour And uh, you know, I'm frustrated by, by that but I I, I, th- I, think, I, said, Lord, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the time change does. It doesn't matter what the weather is like outside. This morning, Lord, I just thank you that it's a new day and that I've got brand new mercies from my heavenly Father for this day. Oh, glory. Brand new mercies for this day. They're new every morning. You ought to get up and meet them. I got a preacher friend that <clears throat> he don't like to get up till about the crack of noon. And I was I was digging at him one time about this. I said, look, man, you've never enjoyed the, the beauty of a sunrise. He said, look, Rich, you get it coming up, I'll get her going down. <laughs> but there's new mercy. Isn't that a wonderful thought to wake up in the morning and realize God himself has got... Brand new, fresh, brand new mercies. Mercies that I haven't exhausted yet. Mercies that I haven't taken advantage of for this day. Wow. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to close with this. And I'm not going to read the scriptures because of time. I don't have much time here. Um, so I'm just going to summarize it for you. Under the old covenant, there was a way to recover what you had lost and uh, there are several places you can go to Leviticus 25 and read about the year of Jubilee and all of that and Ezekiel 46 there's a, a man that ran into he used a particular formula under the old covenant for getting back and this this was for uh, a son of royalty and by the way we're children of royalty you all understand that don't you we're, we're members of the king's family uh, Jesus is our Lord and Savior, and God is our Heavenly Father. Boy, we're, we're part of a, a pretty special group of folks. Amen? not trying to get you to act haughty. I'm just trying to get you to realize who you are in the Lord today. We don't, we don't need to put our head down and, and act like we're, uh, you know, second-class citizens. We're we first-class citizens. Amen? We're on a journey. We're just passing through town. Our city is is there. <laughs> Glory to God. But anyway, here's here's the formula under the Old Testament. If you've lost something that belongs to you, or that did belong to you, you want to take it back. Here's what you had to do. You had to come before the priest with an offering, a sacrificial offering. You gave an offering to put on top of this request or this prayer, and then you said to the to the priest, you said. Um, that that land over there used to belong to me. And uh, and and I, I lost it. It was it was taken from me by somebody else. But uh, this is the year of Jubilee. Now, you had to correspond that with the year of Jubilee. Two things are important here. You had to have a sacrificial offering three things sacrificial offering, request, and the year of Jubilee. And if those three things coincide, you could get back whatever had been stolen from you or taken from you or whether you'd lost it just in a bad deal or or even if you had to sell it uh, under duress and you wanted it back. If those three things came together, you could get it back. (laughs) How many of you are glad you're under the new covenant? Maybe this will help. Let me ask you this question and then I'll show you how it works under the new covenant. Is there anybody sitting here today that, when you really think about it, there's been some stuff in your life that you've lost that wasn't nothing in the world but a trick of the enemy and he stole from you? Could be in a relationship, could be in a business deal. Could be a family matter. Could be a lost son or daughter. But but could be money. Maybe somebody cheated you out of something, beat you out of. It. Could be a job that you deserved. Somebody else weaselled their way in ahead of you. But but you realize when you get to thinking about it that it wasn't nothing in the world but a trick of the enemy. You've lost something in your life. Could be your reputation could be your good name. I, I don't know what it is, but you've lost something because the enemy tricked you and stole from you. Is there anybody in here besides me that's experienced that? Anybody? Okay. I see three or four. I, I thought there'd be more than that that, that, that could connect with this. I thought... I'm glad all of you done so well all your life and ne- never, never, lost anything, but, but uh, so for these three or four that, <laughs> that can identify will be here. I'm going to tell you how this thing works under the, under the new covenant. First of all, I want to take you to Hebrews chapter 13. I want you to get this. We're going to pray right after this. Hebrews 13 and 15. They're going to put it on the screen. I'll look at it right here. Therefore by him. Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Now I want to show you how to get back what the enemy stole from you. You remember, you remember in the old covenant, you got to bring a sacrifice with your request. You got to be an offering. <laughs> our sacrifice is what? Praise. Wow. Man, I'm so glad I'm under the new covenant. Praise the Lord. Here, Here's the way you get it back. You go before your heavenly father early in the morning and you say, heavenly father, I, I've just come this morning these hands are instruments of praise to you my lips are instruments of praise to you i just want to worship you a little bit father i i, I want to make a sacrifice of praise i want to i want to praise you a little earlier this morning than i usually do i want to make it a sacrifice i want i want to praise you a little longer this morning than i usually do i want to, i want it to be a sacrifice but lord i just want you to know i praise you i love you oh lord you're wonderful you're 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 the first and the last you're alpha and omega you're beginning and end you're the bright and the morning star the lily of the valley the rose of sharon oh you're the honey that's sweeter than than honey from the honeycomb you're the fairest of ten thousand the heavens declare your glory and the firmament showeth forth your handiwork day and day utter speech and night and night vision lord i just want to praise you today i want to praise you today i want to praise you <laughs> hallelujah you offer that sacrifice of praise and then you say lord the enemy's stolen from me, and I've fretted over this thing, and I've, I've, I've grieved over this thing, and I've, 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 I've let the enemy beat me over the head with this thing. But this morning, I'm going to just bring this whole thing to you, and I, I'm going to ask you, Heavenly Father, if if you just bring a, an act of restoration to me, do do whatever you have to do. If somebody needs a whooping, send an angel and give him a whooping. I don't know. I don't know how you. I don't know how you need to do this, Lord. I'm not telling you how to do it. It's none of my business. But I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to stop worrying about it. I'm going to stop fretting over it. I'm going to release it to you. And as your child, you remember, you got to have that third thing, and that's jubilee. Remember that A year of jubilee. Listen, that only came around once every 50 years under the old covenant. Guess when it's available now. Do you know who your jubilee is? Jesus is our jubilee. He is our victor and our victory. He's our healer and our help. He's our salvation and our Savior. He is our jubilee. He's our jubilee. That, that means, folks, that means under the New Covenant, I can go before the Lord on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That means I can go in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. That means 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Anytime I can go before the Lord with my petition, with a sacrifice of praise, and ask the Lord, stand with me, if you will, all over the building, please. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Woo! Glory! Somebody going to get some victory in here. I don't know who, but the Holy Spirit is going to nail this to somebody's heart. And, and you, you, you're you going to take back some stuff that belongs to you as a child of God. You're going to take it back. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's so important. We we take prayer, we take prayer too casually. We we take it too much for granted. We need to get serious about prayer. The Lord said, our Lord Jesus spoke these words, that if we would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness that all these other things will be added to us seek first, 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 first first, first I believe that is applicable to the first part of your day you you need to seek the Lord before you seek anything else if you're going to put him first, if you're going to honor him first by the way that's when they're having, having a shift change at the throne room of god with the angel angels of glory you want to get your petition in while he's making assignments for the day i want one of them angels that's coming down the ladder to have an assignment to do something to help me out amen because like i told you a while ago i've had some situations where there wasn't enough help in the arms of the strength of humanity but but it's not too hard for god it's not too hard for god it's not too hard for god i want the prayer team to come quickly quickly if you will those that help us pray oh yes 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 I believe this morning that some of you are are wanting to make a commitment to God about your prayer time folks it's important that we make an appointment with God I was listening to Robert Morris just the other day he's preaching a series this week on his telecast about hearing the voice of God and he said he learned a long time ago how important it was to Make an appointment with God And to keep that appointment Make it special Have an appointed time that you meet with God In fact, he said that one morning A member of his church Owned a huge business Multi-million dollar business And he was selling that business And he was going to fund the church A sizable amount Well over a million dollars And he he called Robert Morris and he said, I need you to meet me early in the morning at the lawyer's office. We're going to finalize this deal and I I want the church, I want all of this taken care of legally so the church can get this money. And Robert Morris said, I I can't meet you at that time. He said, what do you mean you can't meet me at this time? We're talking about over a million dollars I'm fixing to give your church. What kind of meeting have you got that's more important than that? And he said, I have an appointment with my heavenly father and I'm sorry I can't break that for a million dollars they rescheduled the lawyers meeting and he met with them another day or another time or something but they worked they worked it all out but that man that businessman said if my pastors appointment with God is so important that he would risk losing over a million dollars to meet with his God then, then maybe I ought to start making an appointment with God and he started meeting with God on a regular basis at an appointed time and not let anything interfere with that listen folks listen folks if the governor of the state of Georgia set up an appointment with you you'd do everything in your power to be there If you had an appointment at the White House, you'd do everything in your power to be there. I'm here to tell you this morning. I'm not trying to belittle anybody. I I honor those who are over us, uh, even in the political realm. But I want to tell you something. My appointment with God is an appointment with someone that's higher than the governor. It's an appointment with somebody that's higher than the president. Amen. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. Amen. 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 After all these other guys are. <laughs> After all these other guys are dead and gone, he's still going to be on the throne. Glory to God. Here's what I want you to do. First of all, would you bow your heads for just a moment? If you're unsaved this morning, I invite you to come and give your heart to the Lord. Oh, you can become a part of the family of God, the greatest decision, the greatest choice you could ever make in your life you can make right now. If you're away from God, I want to invite you to come home. Come back to the Lord. Renew your covenant vows with the Lord. If you're sick in body, come. Let somebody agree with you in prayer and pray for your healing. If you've got a financial need or a... Uh, physical need of any kind or uh, uh, any kind of need it doesn't matter what it is it may be a relationship situation it could be a job situation whatever it is if you want somebody to pray with you and for you we got some people that agree with you in faith and believe God and stand with you others of you may just want to come forward and pray we had quite a few people in the first service just wanted to come and pray. They said they responded by uh, to, to the invitation. Uh, when I asked them, I said, those of you that want to want to just come and say, Lord, f- forgive me for taking my prayer time uh, a little too casual. I just want to come this morning and honor you with a with an offering of Thanksgiving and, and tell you this morning that I'm going to I'm going to make a. I'm going to make a set time with you, and I'm going to meet with you, God, on a regular basis. I'm to, I, want to, I want to make you first in my life because I, I thank you for saving my soul. I thank you for redeeming me for destruction. I thank you for giving me life, an eternal life. Whatever, whatever it is you want, just come on. The altar is open. Come on. Some are moving right now. Just come on. If you want to pray, you can kneel and pray. You can stand and pray. You can do whatever you want to in prayer, but come on. Let's pray a few minutes before we go today. God bless you as you pray. Right.